Welcome to another episode of Fountain City Sports Media, a podcast made by Kansas City fans for Kansas City fans. My name's Reese, and alongside my good friend Armando, we got a full podcast of things to talk about with you today. Going to talk John Lucabusio's transfer over to Venezia. We're going to talk about this week in craft beer. But first, Armando, how was your week? Well, before I do that, but first, all the times we spent together. That's my song for Busio. Oh, yeah, obviously. <laughs> Vitamin C graduation Vitamin song. Vitamin C graduation, baby. I don't know if our audience is, is old enough to remember that. I think some of them are, but I think we have a, a younger audience base that might not remember vitamin C. But I'm going to be singing that yeah. for Busio. Um, how was, did you say, how was my week? How was my day? How was your week? How was your week? How your was day? week? You know, week was, week was pretty good, man. It's starting to kick up here. Two shows are in the, well, not in the books, but we've started the shows. And now two additional shows are in the rehearsal process. Whoa. So technically we got four different things going on uh you know i was trying i was trying to tell someone how like this compares with other programs it's great because it's like it's a professional program and we're like doing rehearsals and stuff and not classes but like you gotta be just like stamina man like you you gotta have your voice ready to roll at any time which is wild and then if you're like not doing a performance they're like okay why don't you have a lesson with eric owens i'm like okay oh yeah <laughs> so dude. you just always gotta be on man so it really is a really fun marathon um so yeah i had some fun yesterday but i'm gonna take it easy today drink some water and then i'll be ready to roll do these two shows how about you man how was des moines des moines was pretty sweet i have to admit Everybody listening, if you've never been to Des Moines, you have to check out Des Moines. And I'm not going to say it's some like transcendent city that's going to like absolutely change your life. You need to see before you die, like you're going to Rome or something like that. But Kansas City and Des Moines are two of the most underrated cities in the entire country, in my opinion. There's a lot of fun things to do in Des Moines. A lot of good breweries. The OG places for like Up Down is there. The oh, OG yeah. Ray Gun shirt is there. Zombie Burger. All in that East What's Village. What's the uh, pizza place it, too? The 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 Chinese food pizza place? Fong's Pizza Baby. Yeah. Dude. So good. And they're who uh, catered the wedding. Okay. Oh, no I got to think about this oh, wedding. wedding. Deficit. <laughs> it gets better. But wait, there's more. <laughs> so not only was it Fong's Pizza catered in, you know how like a lot of weddings are like, you know, oh, open bar. Okay. We got Bud. We have Coors, you know, like that. Uh -huh. They had Bud Light. Guess what the other beer they were catering was? Um. Okay. It, was it a craft beer from Des Moines? No. Okay. Uh, so then it's something bougie that is National Distro. So Bud Light, and I'm going to say, oh, I don't even know. Um, you can cut some of this out because because I really want to get this right. Actually, no, you're on the spot. Uh, <laughs> um, it wasn't Boulevard, right? No. Okay. Okay. Give me one more guess, and then you say it. Um, it's gonna be bougie. It's gonna be nice. It's expensive. You're going to feel real dumb when you don't guess oh, it. Oh, no. Is it, is it Sierra Nevada or something? They were catering in Toppling Goliath Pseudo Sue. Dude, what? Dude, I had... <laughs> it was amazing. Like, I, I kind of assumed it would be like a one and done. Like, you know, you don't get a whole bunch of the good stuff. But, like, they, they poured the cups out. So it was like a, like a, a table that had cups of beer. So, like, I'm like, okay, I'll have another one. And I go back and I'm like, you know... 
three hours later, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's still there. I'm like, okay, I'll have another one. It was incredible. Dude, that's wild, man. Like, do you know... Cream of the crop. Weddings are a million times better with pseudo soup. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> I know, like, you, like, weddings are fun because you get to have all this free stuff and you get to see friends and, like, the food's always bomb, but if you get, like, craft beer like Toppling Goliath, like, literally, pseudo soup is, like, ranked one of the best IPAs in America. That's stonk stonk wedding that that that's a stonk stonk wedding i had tank seven at my wedding but that's just kind of like a kansas city staple like to sure. go to a random wedding and have something like toppling goliath for free <laughs> that's that's transcendent for weddings i, what I know I you're all jealous right i think i had single wide boulevard wheat and one other one at my wedding yeah i had i had the ipa i had the wheat i feel like i had another thing from boulevard but yeah we we went all out we have some generous parents so yeah we we did a full boulevard oh maybe we did do tank seven maybe it was tank seven i don't remember i know definitely single wide and definitely boulevard wheat but yeah we also we also gave our our guest a good a good smattering of craft beer and burnt ends for dinner it was pretty dope you had a great wedding. I remember your wedding. It was very enjoyable. It was great. <laughs> I talked with your uh, your buddy, who's the huge Cardinals fan. Oh, yeah, fan. Paul. Paul Helton. Yeah, Paul. <laughs> Good guy. <laughs> yeah, dude, shout out to Paul. Do you, know, you know what Paul's doing, actually, which is really cool? Paul is going to every uh, baseball stadium in America and seeing a game, and that's like his bucket list thing. Heck, yeah. I think he only has like three left, and one of which is Coors Field. So really? I'll get to hang out with him soon. But yeah, diehard Diamondbacks fan, diehard baseball fan, and just... A really good guy. I heard Joaquin Sori is a Diamondback right now, and he's uh, doing his thing of yeah. blowing games for him. <laughs> oh my gosh! What else is new? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, anyway, so that's how my week went and how the wedding went. Go check out Des Moines, super underrated city. Other things that were underrated that are no longer rated, or, or wait, no longer underrated. Armando, did you catch <laughs> Game Six of the NBA Finals last night? Dude, of course I did. Uh, and are you referring to the Giannis Antetokounmpo? I sure the, am. The new hailed king of the NBA. The greatest basketball player in the world right now? Question mark? Maybe. Ooh. No, I, you know what? You know what? I don't. I don't think he's the best player in the world. I think he's potentially the hardest to game plan around right now because there really isn't another player you can stick on him like him. If if you are a GM in the league and it's a fantasy draft and you have the first pick, who are you starting your team with? Mm, right now, yeah, at at their ages and everything. At, so like you would get L LeBron James at thirty, whatever he is, thirty six now. I, I would probably say Luca. Oh, interesting. In terms of, of starting a team, age, skill, potential, and what he can do, he plays a pretty safe game too. The only thing that was scary about Giannis is that. Uh, I'm sorry. I know he just dropped like 50 points and made all his free throws last night, but I mean, his fundamentals aren't great. He has a very hustle and physicality based game, which I don't think will age necessarily well in the next five, 10 years. Plus, as we all saw, like he is one scary injury away from like losing what makes Giannis Giannis. So yeah, probably. Luka. I think, I think I would start Giannis because Luca with his skill set needs another player to compliment him like he needs another star where Giannis just proved to us that he doesn't need another star Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday are both amazing players but they are not top 20 players right yeah we're talking they're in the 30 range maybe a little lower than 30 range Chris Middleton's moving up higher the more that we see him but I think Giannis is just 
such a freak like literally like yes he's known as the greek freak but literally <laughs> like there there was no one in the league that can do what he does i think joel Embiid has more talent and more moves in the paint mm-hmm. but Giannis, even though you're right like injury concerns joel has way more injury concerns oh, and for there sure. is there's no answer for Giannis in the paint i mean even even joel in the paint i think Giannis would be able to defeat him so i would i actually do agree that Giannis is the best player in the league right now kevin durant kind of but kevin durant's injuries concerns are are massive yeah no i agree i think if this is like kevin durant 18 months ago probably but right yeah. right now it's like he's still a top five player and like i just don't know if he's like the one i would take at the top of a fantasy draft yeah the question is like would you take kevin durant or would you take anybody over kevin durant in like a one year you have to win this year you get any player you want deal Ooh, because I think yes, I would take Kevin Durant without yeah. a doubt over LeBron over and may and you know what if I knew Anthony Davis was going to be healthy, I might actually Davis is in that like level one tier because he is also unstoppable because his his technique is just so perfect. Oh yeah, in everywhere from the paint to the mid range to the three, he can back it down. He can do Dirk moves. He can be a monster. Like he literally has everything. He's just always injured, and it sucks as a Lakers fan. Sucks. Speaking about being a Laker fan, I want to apologize. I know there are no Phoenix Suns fans that listen to this podcast anyway. But remember when we used to do that where we would just like make fun of phoenix all the time and like we talked about that chris paul trade Naturally. being the most boneheaded thing in the in like ever i i apologize for making that take because that take was completely wrong cp3 proved, proved us wrong i think cp3 was playing injured for the last three games yeah. like he just did not look good although he was the best player in the suns yesterday um i do have to apologize because for them to be what they were and then for what they became was very very impressive i think their 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 window is closed though i mean for everything that happened the lakers being injured denver being injured Kawhi being injured and then like this this was the best chance they were gonna get mm. they will be a good team next year but this was it well sorry sorry phoenix and we saw it last night too it's like you know he's still really young obviously but like devin booker obviously isn't the superstar yet yeah you know he 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 started off hot in the playoffs and was like oh you know he's kobe he's kobe but like ironically the first game he had the mask it was all downhill from there yeah you know and it, it was, it's been it's been serious diminishing returns and last night you know he looked lost he was jacking up threes he was getting stripped all the time i would not be surprised though next year if devin booker is in conversation for most valuable player during the regular season yeah i think he's going to come into his own of course the pressure for the regular season is going to be off so i think he's really going to come into it and become this like kevin Durant or sorry not Kevin Durant I kind of see more of his game like James Harden um, as opposed to Kevin Durant or like Kobe Bryant I think he's going to come into his own and he's going to be one of the MVP candidates I don't know if he's gonna be MVP but he'll definitely be in the running well here's my big question I've been using as a barometer if Devin Booker is the best player on Team USA how confident are you about that iteration of Team USA (laughs) well okay no not confident not confident because right now we're seeing Kevin Durant and Damon Lillard you know being the stars of this team and we are still very nervous about this team so you have to have a Kobe you have to have a LeBron you have to have a Kevin Durant and Devin Booker is not in that conversation yet he's not he has to win he has to win a championship or he has to win most valuable player in the league to be considered in there but no he's he's not he's not that player yet 
And, you know, that's something we need to consider, too, right now is that for the next three or so, geez, three to five, maybe longer years, like the best basketball player in the world might not be on Team USA. You know, we're talking. Oh, totally. It could be Giannis. It could be Luca. You know, if Porzingis has like a really killer next year or two, he could arguably be the best player in the world. No. A lot of our. You don't think Porzingis? <laughs> no. Yeah. Porzingis, he's done, dude. <laughs> get, get that guy out of here. But the big, yeah, but the big thing is, it's like, you know, for, for the better part of the last 15, 20 years, you could take the best player from the United States, make them like the crown jewel of Team USA, and you're like, I like the odds of this team. 2004 Athens team, notwithstanding. But, you know, if you went out there and said Kevin Durant's the best team on Team USA, if LeBron James is a player on Team USA, even if, like, Steph Curry or even especially Kobe was the best player on Team USA, you're all like, I feel confident, you know, that, like, that's the high water mark and the talent goes down from there. If you got a Devin Booker as, like, the best player on your Team USA, I'm getting flashbacks to that 2018 FIBA squad where it was, like, who was it? Uh, Kemba Walker and, like, Jamal Murray or Devin Mitchell were like the, the two best <laughs> players on that team. Harrison Barnes representing at number three. Trash. Oh my Dwight Howard was like just realizing that he sucked. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? You know what? I think I think in five years though, we're gonna see Trey Young. We're gonna see Devin Booker in the way that we see Kevin Durant and we see LeBron James and Kobe Bryant. I think they're that next tier once everyone retires. Now, if they're this I don't know if we're going to have the conversation of they're the same talent, but they will be the stars of the league in the next five years. Trey Young, um, maybe Jason Tatum, we'll see. Uh, but definitely Trey Young and Devin Booker are going to like be the stars at some point on this Olympic team. And it, it might be valid. We'll see. Uh, he's, so, he's so young, a lot of potential. Uh, definitely not knocking the Suns, but I think that was that was their window. Really quickly, and you can keep this in if you want or not. I'm going to throw something at you, Reese. Hit me. All right. 50-point game. I forgot what his average was in the finals, but it was like 35 and 15. Say he has one more championship wins, and and it has the same numbers, if not better, right? Like a 35 and 15. Can we put him in the Shaq conversation? Absolutely not. <laughs> what What will it take? Do you think Giannis's ceiling is Shaq, or no way he'll never be that that in that caliber? I don't think he'll ever be in that cal uh, caliber of player. Um, and I, I think it's because they're two different players, and it's like I don't think you can really count Giannis as a center. To me, he plays like a really tall, lanky, athletic power forward. You know, like I see him, I see him as like the absolute luxury trim package of Amari Stoudemire, just in the way he plays. Oh, interesting. He's, yeah. he's got way more hustle. He's way more athletic. He's, he's longer by like two, three inches. But in terms of play, Tim Duncan plays more like a center and he's listed at power forward. I think Giannis is, he's a, a stretch four. Are you, are you ready for this hot take? Hit me. Hot Take Mondo here. What up? If Giannis wins another championship, so a two-time championship, two-time regular season MVP, he's averaging 35 and 15 in the finals. The ranking is as follows for big men for me. One, Shaq. Two. Don't say it. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Okay, that's fine. Three, Hakeem Olajuwon. Okay. Four, Giannis. Oh my gosh. He's only like 25 though. But I mean, dude, 35 and 15, two championships, two MVPs, two finals MVPs. If it happens next year, I don't think it will. But if it does, he might be the fourth best big man 
ever. And don't get me wrong, I I love I love the guy. I mean, I seriously do. He's one of my favorite yeah, players. Yeah, and and Reese, I was gonna say he should be. And this is something that, and we can. Sorry, we're going on this, but but this is like your thing, Reese. You hate super teams, and Giannis is the anti super team guy. This is the first su- uh, anti super team championship since Dirk and the Mavs. Well, and I wanted to talk more on this, but you know, we we got so much other stuff to talk about today. But because we're on topic. Uh, I see you walking away with your Bluetooth headphones. I know you can hear me. So <laughs> I was getting some water. Sorry. I was going to say the thing I liked about this Bucks team is that they were built like an old school champion team. You had your best player in Giannis. You had your two other pretty good players in like Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. But then you also had like your motor man and Bobby Portis. You know, it's like, would he be a star on any other team? No, but like he fits the role of motor man on this team right. perfectly. It's like top to bottom, they really didn't have a weakness. They had great depth. You know, like I said last night, Brooke Lopez for finals MVP. <laughs> yeah, but uh, look, it, it works because, you know, he has length and and he doesn't have to play inside. They, it, ga- it gave Giannis more space. Yeah, they they had space. They had great coach and they seemed very cohesive. It's different than super teams where it's like, you know, you're so top heavy with two or three dudes and then after that it falls off because it's just a collection of jobbers and ring chasers you know there's there's no team aspect to it so that's why i'm so happy about jonathan's bucks team because it really did it filled my old school nba <laughs> I know, this is this is reese's team reese always bashes on lebron everybody this is yeah he said he would stay in milwaukee he did mm-hmm. and there you go. Congratulations, Milwaukee. Congratulations, Giannis. And then just a shout out and respect to the Suns and Monty Williams. Well, speaking of young rising stars in this league, it's time to talk about young rising stars in another league. And I am, of course, talking about none other than new Venetia transfer midfielder Tanner Tessman from FC Dallas. Let's give him a hand, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Tanner Tessman. No, I'm sick of that. And I'm about to open up a can of something on Tanner Tess. Okay, but anyway, I digress. First things first. It has been reported by multiple outlets that John LeCabusio is all but a John Hancock away from becoming the latest transfer to Venezia, a member of Serie A. The deal is supposedly underway for about 10.5 to 11 million dollars in a transfer fee and that includes a potential sell-on percentage for Sporting Kansas City as well. Now this is a breath of fresh air for everybody following this story because it was reported as recently as about a week ago that Venezia, who again is not one of the highest teams in that Serie A table, there's a good chance for relegation there. Suddenly after people saying, well, I can see Busio being sold in the six to eight million dollar range, it was like Venezia is offering four to four and a half million and everyone kind of said, what? Is this for real? Are they lowballing him? What's the deal with that? So the fact that he's getting the 10 to $11 million in this transfer fee suddenly comes as a welcome surprise. Armando, what's your take on this? Well, you know what my take is, referees. If you go back uh, and you and you check the receipts from a month ago, I was like, I'm pretty sure I've heard that uh, that sporting is not going to take any offers lower than 10 mil. And you were like, wait a minute, what? That that that's Alan Pulido money. And I was like, that that's what I've heard. And apparently that's what happened. Like Sporting KC knew that that Busio was going to be a hot commodity. I mean, obviously we know here in the States, we know in Spook. 
in Kansas City that John Luca Busio is the real deal. It just took some time for people to know he's a young dude. So finally, we start getting all these offers, and Sporting KC goes, uh uh-uh, uh, 10 million or bust. So they really held their foot down and they're like fine if you're not going to take it then we'll have them on the team so it was really smart for sporting kc because they knew like this has been a three-year saga right we've been talking every year about busio leaving so they knew he was going to leave might as well get top dollar so i'm actually happy for both sides because now we get a lot of money in loans i don't think we're going to do a loan swap i know some people were talking about that but that doesn't look like it's going to be likely but we get a lot of money and we do get a share if he gets traded again right if he gets transferred to another team we do get a share of that which is kind of a big deal so i like the offer for both sides Shout out to Busio. Have have a good time, man. Well, here's the thing. A week ago, Fabrizio Romano, who, as I understand, is like the uh, Adam Schefter, essentially, of European soccer. Yeah, he's a big deal. He was coming out and reporting $4 million in guaranteed in add-ons. Busio will be in Italy soon. And everybody was eating that up. They were saying, like, this is a guaranteed done deal. And this is where those FC Dallas guys come in. Because everybody in the chat, everybody in the <laughs> chat board is kind of like... Oh, 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 yeah. That, you know that seems fair. That's a that's the same amount Tanner Testman went, you know, to to Venezia, and they're they're about equal players. No, get out of here. Stop it. Tanner Testman <laughs> is not worthy to carry John Luca Busio's cleats to the pitch. Yes. Are you kidding me? Let's go Bring side it, by. Reese. I'm gonna go side Bring by side it. here and look at some stats. In 2021, uh, looks like Mr. Testman has. Uh, that's right. We got zero goals and zero assists. <laughs> Great job there, friend. Uh, looking at John Lucabusio's stats by comparison here. Oh, what's that? We have two goals, three assists, and 27 shots. It's incredible. It's it's a completely different thing. As well to mention that our boy Tessman was out there wallowing in the U23 squad earlier on in the year. And what's that? The sound of John Lucabusio dishing out assists playing in the Gold Cup? Yeah, that's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. Stop it with your Tessman talk. <laughs> I actually didn't hear that talk, but yeah, that's all stupid. Uh, there was a report out today. The guy from the U.S. men's national team, Berhalter, he like said a quote. He was like, I, I didn't believe how good Busio was until I started working with him. So it's one of those things where like people have to witness it physically and need to see him in workouts just to see how great of a player he is. And he's been so misunderstood by people that are not in Kansas City that this deal did not come to a surprise for us um, and yeah again super happy but I didn't hear those comparisons that's funny lol well now don't get me wrong here I don't want to act like you know Testament is some scrub nobody I mean obviously the kid's got some skill you know he's he's super young he's only 19 I also wonder sorry to cut you off but I also wonder whether the American investors of Venencia kind of like played into this because they just changed investors to American investors only a couple of years ago mm-hmm. when, when they were in Serie C and then they moved their way up to A so they have this like I don't know maybe it's the hometown US connection that they're bringing all these US players trying to compete in Serie A which is kind of cool because yeah people are coming to America now to invest in our players it's dope <laughs> this squad just becomes like <laughs> 
the Italian soccer equivalent of the Patriot way. It's like, hey, guys, we're just going to do everything American over here. You know, what, what works over in America is going to work over here. We're going to create a lab environment for it. But no, speaking of Busio's, you know, future USA running mate over there, I don't want to, you know, diss on Tessman too much. I mean, the kid's got a lot going for him. He's 19. He's a big guy. He's 6'4". He's 190. And that's been one of the knocks on Busio, actually, is that he's a little bit undersized and lacks athleticism. But the good news is, you know, that European and particularly Italian soccer is a much more beautiful game. It's much more finesse driven. You know, it's far less physical than like the take your knees and bite your kneecaps, Matt Campbell stuff going on in a <laughs> CONCACAF. So hopefully, you know, I, I know there's been some knocks on Busio that he gets dispossessed fairly easily. You know, he doesn't do well when he's challenged on the ball. But maybe playing over in Italy might play to his strengths and we might see like the best version of Busio setting people off off free kicks, you know, starting the attack from deep and finessing and setting people up. I think this has a lot of potential to be a stepping stone stop for something even greater for Busio. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's going to be, uh, imagine if we are able to get him back later on, but what a, what a great accomplishment for Peter and the Academy. Just like, we, we have so many great players that are playing now in Europe and like, yes, it sucks. They're not on our team, but also like how proud are we to, you know, have those players over there representing and also like, you know, sporting KC Academy is not something to mess with. And that's super dope. You're absolutely right. Now, the big question to think about going forward is how do we invest that transfer fee with the team? Do we sit on that money? Do we try and go and get somebody in the transfer market this year? Because as it stands, Sporting Kansas City is currently second in the Western Conference. We are at 27 yep. points, two points behind first place Seattle Sounders. However, Seattle, for all their huffing and puffing, dropped their first game of the year finally <laughs> in the 80th minute to Minnesota United, who has been steadily climbing that Western Conference table. Do not sleep on them. Uh, but more importantly... Uh, if Sporting Kansas City can get a win tonight versus San Jose, we can move on up into first place in the table for the time being. Do you think that we have a realistic chance for the Supporters' Shield this year and maybe even the MLS Cup? Yeah, absolutely. I think even without Busio, we also don't know when Busio will be transferred. So even if the transfer goes through, we don't know whether it's going to be like immediately or it'll be after the season there's a lot of what if still um so there's a possibility that we still have busio for the end going into the playoffs i don't know if that's likely but anyway even if we don't have him right when everyone's back from international play we have pulido um going back to your original question too i i've been hearing that we're trying to sign a a, a, a midfielder i know there's a french midfielder that we were talking about but i mm -hmm. don't think that's happening anymore but yeah like like sports Sporting is looking for someone. So I think if we do sign someone, we're going to try to sign like a, a starting 11 person from one of these international teams and, and we'll have the money to do it. So that'd be great. But yeah, we're totally in contention. I think I think the team is really finding its stride. I think we're 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 starting to see a lot of great play from people that we didn't see in the beginning of the year, like Fontas. I know Fontas is actually in consideration now for for an all star, which is pretty wild of considering the things that we had talked about in the beginning of the season. Um, <laughs> so I think we have all the pieces there i think obviously shallow is coming into his own you know you put polito in there you know maybe we we get a, a a last stand from johnny russell anything can happen baby what do you think i think this team far more than last year just watching them play says to me that they could realistically 
contend for the MLS Cup this year. I know last year they finished first in the West, but anybody with eyes could see that that se- how that season was going to end. I'm like, we're just going to like get blown out by some team that has it all put together. Not even a good team, just a team that has all put together. It's how we lost in the MLS's back tournament. It's how we got blown out in the MLS playoffs. So this year, though, there seems to be much more cohesion amongst the team. The defense, while not perfect, is allowing far fewer goals per game. They're not allowing that late goal, having those brain farts they seem to. They're doing better off the counterattack. A myriad of improvements. What worries me is the fact that Busio isn't just some young plug-and-play stud we have on the team. He plays a very particular role, as I mentioned, in you know setting up the attack from deep on the uh, the other half of the field. He's doing great on set kicks. He's our guy taking a lot of our kicks right now, and he just has really good field vision. I think the only person I could really see on the team right now we could plug in for him is maybe putting Ely in his place. I think yeah. that's one option. I'll feel better. He's also been struggling with injuries, which is not great. He's been struggling with injuries. I know he's not the same position here, but I'll feel a lot better if Gotti Kinda comes back and we can get that bit of Nos, you know, going. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if it's in Peter Vermees' wheelhouse to kind of like go all in and bet on the season and bring somebody in this season or if we wait until next season. I mean, look, if 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 we upset Seattle, I know we're gonna talk about that later, but if we upset Seattle on Sunday. We we could have that conversation, you know. If we if if we have an emphatic win, then Peter Ramirez says, you know what? What better time than now? Also, we have the cash flow for it, especially after the the Busio transfer. This could be the time, man. This could be our year. The big thing is we just can't drop tonight. You know, when we play Seattle, it has to be a big one for all the marbles. I know Seattle's been crying. Like, well, if you got to play us at full strength, we'd go undefeated. Yeah, and if ifs and buts were candies and nuts, then every day would be Christmas. But guess what? <laughs> Everybody deals with injuries. You guys, yeah. you guys aren't exclusive to that. And actually, to, to that point, that's another reason why we have a chance against them on Sunday and could win emphatically and really just kind of break their, uh, that that's a bad thing to say. I was going to say break their souls, but, uh, <laughs> break their spirits, you know, and break their hopes in this. I think it's going to be a great match. And I think this is a good time for us. Let's see what will break first your mind or your bodies. It's hard to do Bane into a, into a spin drift. Yeah, I don't know what that was. Even though I know we've, we've had Bane banter on here before. That was... Dude, am I going to have to... That, have you ever seen The dude, Dark that, Knight Rises? Yes, I have. I know who Bane is, but that sounds more like a 1920s like, like record recording False. from... From Coney Island, then False. Bane. I will be Armando's reckoning. <laughs> it's everyone's favorite time of the podcast. That's right, I am talking about this week in craft beer. The segment where we sit down and break down a story that's been going on this week in craft beer and also review a craft beer for your listening pleasure. This week, Armando has the news of the week. Armando, what did you find out this week in craft beer? Yeah, so this week in craft beer, uh, a hot topic outside of beer is the the unemployment rate or the pandemic recovery, right? job postings are kind of at an all-time high and that includes breweries you know breweries are coming back into into existence and having more people in their tap rooms um so 
help is needed. And one brewery, actually pretty close to where I'm at right now, Bolton Landing Brewery Company in Bolton, which is kind of by Lake George, a couple hours from me, upstate New York, close to Albany. They've made the perfect idea. They need jobs in their tap room. So what do they do? They created a beer called Help Wanted. And it's oh. like a like ad for uh, or not an ad. Sorry. It's a job posting and they put job postings on the beer, which is pretty funny. So it's a uh, New England IPA with Amarillo Strata and Centennial Hops. And yeah, it's called Help Wanted. And then on the back, let me let me read a little bit of it. Uh, yeah, on the back it says, we offer competitive pay, room for growth throughout the company, a fun, laid-back work environment, employee outings, and a view that can't be beat. Email or swing by the taproom to apply. And then they have, like, the email and everything on it, which is super funny. I mean, only a brewery can do that, and only a brewery can make job postings cool. So check it out. Bolton Landing Brewery in upstate New York. Help wanted. Wow, that's a really cool idea. It's like I, my, my, my mind first went to like the old milk cartons where they had like the missing photo. So I'm like, I wonder if you can like add your own Polaroid photo to the back of the can. And I'm like, no, that would mean you were a missing person, not that you were applying for a job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, that, that, that would not work. And, you know, it's, since this was a short news thing, I will say an update. I had talked about in the last podcast. I was going to go check out Brewing Omegang up in up here in Cooperstown. And I, oh, yeah. I just want to say an, a beautiful campus, like one of the most aesthetically pleasing breweries I've ever been to uh lovely and then great beers my favorite was the um the double hazy the neon series that you were talking about oh, that's yeah. a solid beer so if any of you get that out I know brewery Omegang does do national distro so if anybody sees that on the shelves grab a neon I you all know I'm not a big sour person but I know people really love their sour as well um so that's also really cool that was fun and then there's a smaller brewery nearby called red shed brewing which i don't know was open while you were there um really good brewery as well they had an awesome pilsner and an awesome ipa definitely like a like it looks like a farm and there's like a live bluegrass band there uh really good burgers at some food truck but anyway if, if any of you are in cooperstown check it out red shed brewing and of course brewing omegang Super cool. Thank you for sharing that This Week in Craft Beer story, Armando. Yeah, now it's time for you to share. So normally we go back and forth, but Armando had too much fun last night and needs to be a responsible adult before he sings a lot tomorrow. So (laughs) I'll be drinking water and Reese will be sacrificing his time and reviewing a tasty beer. You know, jumping in on that, it is kind of funny because, like, singers way back in the day, like, if you look up a photo of Emilio Pinso, like, every photo he's in, he's got a stogie. I mean, that that old generation used to, like, smoke like chimneys and just live the life. You know, and nowadays, I'm going to make a meme about this. Like, you know that, like, super buff doge, you know, and he's like, I will smoke all of these and drink a belt of scotch before going on and singing a complete ring cycle. And then, like, the sad little doge is these days singers, and it's like, I can't sing. This water has ice in it. <laughs> I mean, it's it's true, man. I don't, I don't understand how they did it. Like... Yeah, I, I mean, I guess their their techniques were just a lot better, and they just yeah, man. Well, I mean, the the answer is they they were just built different. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. All right, speaking about things I won't hate though, Reese, what beer are you reviewing for us today? 
This week, I will be doing the brother beer to that delicious red ale you gave me, and I have in my hand here a can of Snowbank Brewing Snow Juice New England Style IPA. Oh, nice, dude. We're doing a little Snowbank uh, a snowbank series here. So this looks like a delicious New England IPA from that brewery from last week. My only qualm with this is looking for the ABV on here. Again, I can find everything under the sun except for the ABV. They even have the address and a like a drawing of the intersection so i can find where this brewery is but i could not find what the abv is uh, that means it's probably like it's probably super thick the online says it's only six percent 30 ibus so i'm gonna take their word for it They're but anyway lying, dude it's probably 12 percent. my complaining aside armando can you walk us through what the different categories we review are yes and this time i'm not going off the cuff because we can't go off the cuff we have a few categories today for those of you that are just joining us, we do aroma, appearance, flavor, mouthfeel, aftertaste, and the ever-changing BDQ. But first, Reese, what is the aroma as you pour that into a glass? Nice ASMR. Thank you. I feel like we need to perfect the can opening sound technique for our podcast. That was you a know, pretty good can opening. Or we just have like a fake can opening and we just use bottles from now on. So lols. <laughs> Like, you know, like the Wilhelm scream from Star Wars has become like the scream used in films. It's like we yeah. need the Wilhelm beer can open. <laughs> I'm sure we can find that on stockphotos.com. Anyway, aroma. <laughs> a lot of tropical fruity notes in here. I'm getting some kiwi, some pineapple. I wonder what the hops are. I'm looking on uh, untapped. Oh, uh, Citra and Apollo hops. I've never even heard of Apollo hops. And our boy El Dorado's along for the ride as well. So, nice. I mean, that, that's one thing they have on the can. Okay, props to them. Not enough beers put the hops on the can. I don't know if that's some sort of like yeah, Coca-Cola secret recipe thing, but I care about it. I care about it. Yeah. No, I think I think hops, I think people uh, like hop information is more accessible. So I think they'll start doing that. Looks like Apollo is a recently new hop. It was experimental zero one zero five one. So oh, of course zero one zero five one. You could forget. <laughs> anyway, with the t nice aroma on here, a little bit of dankness. I'm gonna give this. Uh, let's give an eight six coming out of the gate. Nice eight six. All right. Tell us the appearance of hop zero five zero five one. This is a nice appearance on this beer. It is obviously hazy, but there's not a whole lot of chunks going through it. You don't see a lot of carbonation coming out of the liquid itself. It's uh, not translucent, but I've also seen thinner hazy IPAs than this, and I've also seen thicker IPAs than this. It's got a nice pure white pillowy head to it. Uh, very, very fine bubbles in the top of the head. A little more foamy looking bubbles kind of in the middle of it. I think it looks like an attractive beer. You know, it's not reinventing the wheel on appearance or anything. So I'm just going to go ahead and give this a straight eight for appearance. Nice. Yeah, it looks cool. Actually, it looks a lot thinner than I thought it would be because I've drank it before and I, I, I drank it out of the can. So I didn't see what it looked like. But yeah, it looks looks kind of thin. But. I, I mean, I, I feel like hazy IPAs kind of cover a large descriptor of things that like when you get a new england ip i think you at least i expect more of that kind of like that milky looking milkshake sure. looking ipa maybe i'm crazy i don't know no no that's true yeah i mean that over west coast you're right cool okay so we got appearance how about flavor what is the flavor on experimental five four three two one 
What's what's the uh the um Jean Jean Valjean? Beat me to it. My mouth was full of beer. <laughs> well, you were thinking it too. Oh, nice. of course I was. Nice. Uh, five four six two one. Two four six zero oh, one. Excuse me, sir. Two four six zero oh, one. <laughs> I'm even doing a song from it for one of our concerts here. <laughs> that is a nice balanced IPA. You get a lot of. I think you, you taste a lot more grapefruit than you smell in this beer. Plenty of hot bitterness without being, you know, so bitter you're puckering your mouth up. Yeah, it's well balanced. Finishes nicely. I'm going to give this another eight. Another straight eight on flavor. Nice. All right, we got eights coming out the gate. Mouthfeel. Is it, it looks light, so is it, is it light in comparison to some other New England hazies you've had? You know, I would say the mouth feels deceptively uh, heavy given the haze appearance of this beer. I would definitely put it in the category of something like uh, water, but definitely trending on juice. This isn't quite as heavy as having like straight orange juice in your mouth, but it's creeping pretty close to that territory. You get a lot of the carbonation effervescence in your mouth on this. It's pretty attractive. It, it helps cut the overall like alcohol level and kind of heaviness of the you know liquid in and of itself. So for mouthfeel on this, it's fun. There's a lot going on here. Let's go back up 8.4. Noise. 8.4 straight eights. Penultimate category, aftertaste. A little more bitter on the way down. Maybe you get some sweet, more grapefruit. What do you got? The aftertaste is where I get a lot of the hot bitterness. Uh, we said what was in this bad boy? It wouldn't be El Dorado. It wouldn't be Apollo. The Citra. I'm getting a lot of the Citra in the aftertaste of this beer. Again, not so much that it tastes like you're you know sucking on a hot pellet because nobody wants that. But you know, fruity notes going down, hoppy notes coming back up. So overall, again, this is a very well-balanced beer. Does a lot of things very properly. I'm going to give it another 8.4 on aftertaste. Noise. And then last but not least, the ever-changing, I actually came up with an acronym this time, BDQ, the Busio Deal Quake. Oh, Busio Deal Quake on this. Oh, man. You know, is it is it too much to say that every once in a while, it's nice to have something steady, Freddy? Something that's so good that you can sit down and appreciate the fact that it does so many things well, but it's not trying to reinvent the wheel. In this day of like, I don't know, shamrock shake, hazy IPAs, you know, and crazy sours that have all the powers, I think it's nice just to have a nice basic hazy IPA that tastes fruity, has a nice hot bitterness, and is also given to you by a really good friend. So for that reason, I am giving this a BDQ of keeping in the eights. It is an 8.6 BDQ. Noise. We got Snow Juice, New England IPA, eights across the board. If you're in the Fort Collins area, this is one of the like, you know, more hipstery places. It's not your New Belgium. It's not your Odell's. Uh, so yeah, if you're ever in the area, y'all should check it out. Really cool place. Good vibe and good beer. Thanks, Reese. just because there was not a whole lot to talk about because the Kansas City Royals are still doing Kansas City Royals stuff. On the bright Boo. side, 
The Kansas City Chiefs are 50 days away from opening kickoff. 50 days? Oh my gosh. 50 that makes days. me so happy, dude. Yes. We just signed uh, Alex Okafor back today, too. That was cool. I know, which, I mean, read into the tea leaves on Frank Clark all you want. But yep. on the bright side, get ready for us to start transitioning back into some Chiefs talk. And then before you know, we'll be doing our weekly Chiefs recap podcast. But. Oh, dude, I'm so excited. I'm pretty Chiefs, excited too. Browns, holy moly, dude! Oh, don't even get me started. You know what? You're gonna hear this later on. <laughs> I'm going off on everybody today. Might as well go off in threes here. I am tired of the Cleveland Browns acting like they're gonna come out of the gate and beat us, lest we all forget that it took a Patrick Mahomes foot injury in the first quarter, him getting knocked out in the third quarter, and they still couldn't come back and beat us with Chad Henney. So shame and fie on you, Cleveland. We are going and. and- Also, shame on national media for making this the AFC Championship preview. Everyone is talking about this is the AFC Championship preview. How how dare they? How dare they? How dare you? How (laughs) dare you? What? I'm going to go finish my beer and call tonight, Armando. Thanks for this podcast with me. <laughs> Obviously, we're super excited to talk about Chiefs really soon, so stay tuned. And hopefully, uh, we'll find out the Busio news officially soon, and then we'll talk more about that. But uh, stay cool, stay classy, and, ch- and get ready for that Seattle Sounders game. We'd like to thank you for joining us today on Fountain City Sports Media. This podcast is brought to you by listener support, so consider becoming a friend of the podcast. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash FCSM to gain access to premium content, including outtakes, bonus episodes, and exclusive beer reviews. Check out our website at fountaincitysportsmedia.com for more info on the podcast, social media, and of course, the goings-on in the beer industry. Special thanks to bands Carswell and Hope and Like a Tiger for providing our intro and outro themes. And as always, I'm Reese and alongside my good friend Armando, we thank you for tuning in to Fountain City Sports Media. Sports Media.